Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Awakening Bodies podcast. During this episode this week, we dive into our takeaways and our experiences of being away from home here in Florida for the past 22 days as we visited some close friends up in New York as well as spent some time in New Jersey. And anytime you're away from home and anytime you take a trip away, there's so many lessons and experiences that happen. And so I know for myself, I gained a lot from your sharing too. I know you gained a lot as well. And so during this episode, we're going to dive deep into all of them and answer the big question, are we moving back to New Jersey? Welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited to be back home after how many days? 22? 22, yeah. 22 days of travel, of being rooted back at home. How do you feel? I'm glad. I'm really glad to be here. Uh, also, we have, I guess, the new, the next <laughs> evolution of Awakening Bodies as we have our first video recording taking place at this very moment, which I'm really excited for. Yeah, yeah. It's been something that we've been wanting to do for quite some time. So, hello. We're <laughs> watching. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, who knows how long this is going to last, considering that I'm on 70% battery, and I don't know how much my memory storage has, but we're going to give it a shot. Imperfect action. That's what it's all about. Correct. 100%. Yeah, so being, being back home after 22 days, a lot has opened up for me. Uh, I know Lauren, has, has a lot has also opened up for you, which I'm really intrigued to explore in this conversation. The focus of today's uh, episode is on insights and takeaways, lessons that we got from being away in Jersey for the past 22 days with yeah. family and friends. And are we moving back? And are we moving back? The big dun, dun, question dun. that we get every time we go. It's funny, it's interesting because for the first time in a very long time, being in Jersey this time around, that idea actually became very present for me. And there was no resistance to it. There was a big sense of grounding being being back home. Yeah, it was actually really funny. Uh, so to start it off, we went and visited our great friends, Hannah and Greg, up in their lake house, which I thought was New York, but it's still New Jersey, which is crazy. No, the, the lake house is New York. They're oh. all Miss New Jersey. Okay, I thought so. And I asked you, you're like, no, that's New Jersey. But anyway, okay, so you went to upstate New York, um, and it was such a beautiful experience, which we'll dive deeper into, but to just go off of what you were saying of being in New Jersey and feeling like maybe we could actually experience this as a home again. Um, it was the first day we got into New Jersey. We went out to Bamboo Leaf in Bradley Beach and we walked back to my grandfather's house and we were just looking around and we were like, wow, yeah, this is beautiful here. And it was funny because I was like the first day, like not even like 10 hours being in New Jersey where we're like, wow, yeah, this definitely feels like home. Um, and so as it, feels that way I have also a big takeaway for me yep. was realizing that not all these little whispers and these intuition um, explanations and these downloads are actually meant to be taken on right away so as I do see that being a home in the future I think it's more so down the line yeah so share with us because we have these ideas that come up and you, I mean you always talk to me have all these ideas you had this idea of being back home However, you're sharing that it may not be for right now. Can you share with us deeper the kind of space that opens up having the possibility of going to Jersey and also not right now? Yeah, I mean, I think the mind is so funny in the way in which it works in the aspect of like we get we get over 50,000 different thoughts a day. And so 
not all of those thoughts are meant to be acted on, obviously. Like if you were going to say what you were thinking, people would think you were just crazy because you're just going off, right? But I think us as humans, we have these downloads, like these epiphanies, these intuitive nudges that we feel so deeply in our soul where we're like, ooh, like that seems like that is really aligned with my soul. And even in those moments, I'm still navigating how to, when to act on those and when to to really know if it's meant for later um, or maybe it's meant to just be meditated on. And I was just meant to experience in the moment. Um, but there's a, a difference and in, in a knowing of like when that's meant for now and when that's meant for later. And I think it really comes down to being with it and not acting on it immediately. Mm. Yeah, it makes you think of the analogy with the farmer. The idea that planting uh, a seed, aka an idea, takes time to germinate. It takes time to actually flourish, and you got to give it that space, that water to nourish it, so that it actually grabs a hold and digs into the soil, and from there starts sprouting up. No, and I just even want to add to that because you know, again, going back to the mind, it's like we always want when we don't have. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in positions and situations where everything just seems amazing, of course, you're going to want to continue to live that experience. But I also, in this moment specifically, I have to remember, like, this is just a few months out of the year. You know, it's not forever. And Hold on, what's not forever? Oh, sorry, like the weather. <laughs> okay, got it. Right, the weather, the experience is being able to walk, being able to ride your bike. Um, I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but... I think it's important to always know that you always want what you don't have. And sure. so the grass always looks greener on the other side. So me, when I first got this knowing and this intuition, when you first said it, I was like, wow, yeah. And then my mind started to go after like all the things that are so good. It's like, um, what's that word? Bias, something bias. Uh, um, like information, confirmation, confirmation bias. So it's like my mind just started pointing out all the things that are amazing sure. and like reflecting back to Florida. And it's like, oh, it's so hot there. It's like, oh, I can't ride my bike. I don't feel safe. X, Y, Z. Which is like, again, there's like those pros and the cons. Sure. But it's the mind is so powerful. So instead of just acting on it right away, sitting with it, actually praying about it, being with it, is this actually the next step? Which led me to realize like, wait, this was a download that I got for the future and not mm. right now. Remember when you shared that with me as we were walking, I think back from the beach, actually, I think is when I went to the pier, you were to the beach, we met up and you had this this realization. Yeah. You shared with me that realizing these ideas that come around and these things that we could do takes us away from the present moment, which is what life is really all about. So we have these ideas of what we could do and because we're thinking of what we could do, we're actually not even present with where we're at. Where we're at. Yeah. Yeah, the way in which this, after a journaling session that I had on the beach, like you mentioned, I was by myself and more clarity just came. Yeah. And what I realized a little bit more, what you were saying a little bit more in depth is like, God is constantly giving us like the path. But because we live in a microwave mentality of like, we want things right now, we tend to miss out on the actual present moment like maybe that it's actually not meant to be right now yeah. maybe that's meant to be down the line but because we're pursuing something that's meant to be down the line we actually 
miss the present moment and where God has currently placed us. Hmm. And yeah, that was like a big, big realization for me. And it's so funny because back to what you were saying before, the grass is always greener on the other side. Like here we are, we're in Jersey uh, for 20, 23 days or so. Uh, during one of the most beautiful times of the year, like weather was perfect, everything was great. However, it's not always like that weather-wise, which is one of the key things that really pulls you uh, away and towards a place, the weather, the way in which the environment for you it has a really big impact. <laughs> really? And on top of that, we're there for a limited period of time. So when whenever there's a sense of a finiteness, whenever something has a clear ending, we typically have a different experience of that because we know at some point in time that thing is going to come to an end which gives us the appreciation for that thing in the moment. It's like life. If we really live life as if we're going to die tomorrow, it opens up a whole new process for today. This for me has been a big opening and being in Jersey has supported me in realizing this, that every day isn't promised, number one. Being with my mom again, spending time with her, sharing conversation, big reminder, life is never promised. Today is the only thing that actually exists. Tomorrow is a big enigma. And in that, it's given me a sense of presence throughout my day, a sense of trust, a sense of not worrying about tomorrow, because tomorrow will bring its own worries on. Tomorrow will bring its own uncertainties. But today, while all those uncertainties still live, what really matters is right here, right now. So having that sense of finiteness, something at the time in Jersey, for example, was going to come to an end. So of course we were so appreciative of it. Yeah. As I was in Jersey, it's funny because we were in Jersey and <laughs> it was hot. It was hot. Their home they were staying in didn't have any AC. This is Lauren's grandparents' home, beautiful home in Bradley Beach. And we come home excited to be in some air conditioning home, space and our AC isn't working in Florida. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so back back to again. Like I am actually, I feel like sweating. Yes, right now it's about 78 degrees. It's hotter in, in our home. It's hotter in here than it was at my grandmother's house when no use. Well, the humidity here is definitely higher than, than in Jersey. Yeah. But and I actually just want to like backtrack a little bit sure. for, for the listeners who really don't know our story too much. Like we're from New Jersey and we couldn't tell already. Okay. We lived there, me, my entire life, Sebastian, majority of his life. And we moved to Florida about three years ago. Okay. So we just went back. We visited. This is the most beautiful time of year. And we just wanted to be with family and friends. And we had this opportunity to be staying at my grandfather's house. And we took advantage of it. For sure. So during this conversation, we're just going to continue to explore what we gained from it. Because, of course, going back to a place that you're familiar with, it brings up a lot of different emotions. Mm -hmm. And not to mention, like, you're also living with your family again. And that also brings up a bunch of different challenges and emotions. And, um, you know, I'm really grateful that over the years of living there, I didn't recognize it while we were there, but... Looking back, we, we really did build a beautiful community. We have some amazing friendships and relationships that every time we get to go back, we get to foster. And so just kind of uh, this whole episode is going to be diving into all of that to give some context and background. Yeah, for sure. So let's let's explore. You brought up some challenges about being with um, just with family. And in general, to your point, we, we get into a place that's familiar. The surroundings in themselves can automatically stimulate some emotion, some feeling that maybe it's been in the background and family, friends, people of the past, when we get around that environment, it's really easy for those old patterns to reemerge. Yeah. Um, so without focusing on the challenge, because again, it's normal, what are some takeaways you've gotten from the challenge now on the other side? 
Yeah. So it's really funny because I had such contrast. We had such contrast. Like first we started with our friends out in upstate New York and that was like a very nourishing experience. It was very laid back and like just chill. The weather was cooler. And then we go to New Jersey and I felt like it was an obligation of mine to see everyone. Mm. You know, I was like, we were there for two weeks. We also thought you were going to be going to Dubai on that Sunday. Mm -hmm. So it was like we were crunching as many people as we possibly could into like a week. And then after that, like another week. And a big takeaway for me was like, I like don't, I don't have to have an obligation to see everyone. I mean, I love everyone and I do want to see them and make that time. But I think that was like my people pleasing tendencies coming out. And I put other people over my well-being. And it was, I mean, to an extent, like I had a great time and I got to really connect with people. But I was seeing two to three people a day where when we live in Florida, it's like hard to go out to a coffee date during the week with me because I'm just like so zoned in. I'm such an introvert that like I just... I love being by myself. And here I was like putting myself on the complete other side of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, And so that was like a big lesson for me of like, don't always like it's okay if you don't fit anyone in and take care of like fill up your cup first. And I know I say that all the time and I typically do, but I think it was just under this stress that I was like, I want to see everyone. And that's what happened. (laughs) Yeah. And it's it goes in line with that conversation we were sharing a couple of days ago around the idea between forcing something and being in a place of power around it. And it sounds like for you, crunch time, limited time, let's fit as many people as possible. But in that, it was actually you were burning the candle at two ends with responsibilities, responsibilities and accountabilities with work, family and then friends. So it's like, where do we find, where do you, for me, like I get stimulated, I get reduced when I'm with people. When I'm with people, I recharge. Sure, I take my time in solitude, which is also much needed, but we're very different in that context. For you, being by yourself and in a place of solitude is your much more of your normal state. For me, being around people on a consistent basis is much more my normal state. So I acknowledge you for realizing and recognizing the fact that you were in a place of forcing yourself to be with people. And now you're in a place of realizing that you don't have to be. There's a place of power around being with people when you choose to, instead of trying to please others to see them. For sure. And even as you said that, like, I want to acknowledge myself too, because I was self-expressed about it. And, you know, I know my family and you guys are all listening. And I did have moments where like, I felt like I bursted a little bit. Um, But I'm glad that I was able to express that and then also like apologize for that as well. And my family was very understanding of like, hey, we get it. You're busy. We just want to see you too. Um, And I felt like I didn't allow my self-expression to be dimmed. And I also took responsibility on like communicating like what I was going through, which in the past I wouldn't have done that. So. What a gift. It was. What a gift. And this is where, where one of the key tenets of our life and our message is responsibility, full, full ownership. Because here you are, you're experiencing this and to take that full ownership on of communicating or maybe in the past you'd have held back, not share what you were actually going through and you would have still had the experience. When you share that with the family, did you feel like a sense of weight coming off your shoulders being self-expressed <laughs> about the situation? I mean, at first, it was like fire. It was like very... I remember the moment it was with your mom and my parents and we were walking through Asbury 
And I don't know, someone just poked me and I was just like, I can't plan anything anymore. Like, I'm being so overwhelmed. And I felt a little, um, afterwards, I felt like, wow, Lauren, like, you really, like, let loose here. Um, but then I apologized. Mm. I forget. It's okay because you, you open up something else that goes along with this. And it's we as humans, we forget where we're at because we're looking out for the next thing. Because yeah. in this situation, this scenario, we were just, we were heading to a restaurant to share space together and eat a meal. And here you have now somebody asking, when are we going to see each other again? Or when are we going to go out to dinner? Meanwhile, we haven't even gotten dinner yet. Or wait, did we eat dinner at that point in time? I don't really remember. We were going somewhere with our parent, our, our, with Lauren's mom and, and, and dad and with my mom. We were all going somewhere to do something still. Meanwhile, there was somebody in the group was asking, what are we doing next? When are we going to see you again? So it's like a big and like, thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and I get it though, because yeah. like, I mean, I'm not a mom yet, but sure. I get like, if your kids are away, you want to spend time with them. It was just really overwhelming for me to be in that situation. Yeah. I get that fully. Yeah. Totally understand. So with you, because it's yeah. like, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember. I'm like, it's so hot in our house right now. <laughs> like I'm literally dripping, but we're just going to keep going. Yeah. 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 Um, for you, what was the takeaway that you experienced? Yeah, big takeaway. So I'm very peculiar about my space of living. My environment is one of the most important things to me. Uh, this has been really a practice and a habit that I've built up over the past decade, that my environment is a representation of my inner world. And being in a home with five other people, I have no control over that. There's absolutely no way for me to control the way in which something is left or something looks or any of that. And this isn't to make anybody wrong, by the way, for if anybody's listening and maybe there's some feathers being ruffled, I don't mean that. This is a big reminder for me to surrender and let go. Because in this, in an environment that is not my own, I can't do anything about that. And I remember many times I was like, I would do this differently, but it's not me. At that point, I'm taking myself out of the present moment. And this is a consistent reminder for me of the appreciation, the idea of substitute expectations for appreciation and see how the experience changes because I was in a point of expecting. Meanwhile, I wasn't appreciating. So it was a consistent muscle to strengthen instead of expect to appreciate. And this also opened up another one, the idea of leverage, the idea that the only way that the arrow can actually fly through the air is through tension. So as I was going through these shiftings of energy from expectation, how things quote unquote should be, to appreciation, wow, this is beautiful that we're here, that was creating a sense of leverage for me. It was a sense of metaphorically pulling back on the bow, giving me the tension that when I am, for example, back at home and I catch myself in a place of not wanting to do something, I'm bringing back that energy that I felt back then because it was not my space. And for me, again, being in that sense of not, not taking responsibility for the actions that led me to be there. Because example, very candidly, very open, sharing with you, that if I had the financial standing in the moment but being in Jersey, I would have gotten an Airbnb and just been on my own, or at least with, with us two. Not because I didn't appreciate where we were at, it's because there were so many things going on. We woke up and there's people to speak to, we went to sleep, and people were around for us to speak to. We're very different when we're home. Yeah, like I literally don't even see really Sebastian in the morning. <laughs> yeah, we wake up. And, we and do our own thing every morning. We're in, a, we're in quiet, we're in meditation. Like, it's like we wake up and I'm like, peace, going to the beach. And like, you sit in meditation for like 20 minutes. Yeah. It, so yeah, it's, it's just a different lifestyle. Totally. 
And this isn't to make anybody wrong. Again, yeah. I need to make sure that that lands because this isn't about me changing you or you needing to change. No, by any means. This is for me the lesson that I gained was one, taking ownership. Because again, if I had taken ownership for the past year plus, I would I would be in a different financial standpoint to go get an Airbnb if I wanted to. Go get a car, a Turo, so we weren't depending on other people for a car. Yeah. And that was also a little bit by choice, too, because... That was a little bit by choice, yeah. You know, we're in Bradley Beach, and for those who don't know New Jersey, we're... I mean, my grandfather lives literally, like, seven houses away from the beach. It's literally incredible. Wake up, the bed that we were staying in, you walk out, there's a porch, and you can literally see the beach from the porch. Yeah, it was really beautiful. And we were walking distance from, like, coffee shops and bike ride distance from, like... Yeah, it was truly truly a beautiful experience and just like anything there's there's the highs and i wouldn't even say lows yeah. they weren't even necessarily lows they were just like oh wow moments <laughs> yeah yeah moments of for me of realizing how again that sense of ownership can make a difference regardless and even in the moments where i'm expecting the sense of ownership and the expectation that could then shift into appreciation which literally that energetically shifted everything for me and it was an ongoing, this is why I was so grateful to be there because it lended the, the opportunity for me to consistently practice that muscle of shifting that energy. And the more that we shift the energy, the more that we practice that muscle, the more that we're going to be able to do it regardless of where we're at. Example, being back in Florida with a home that's 78 degrees, the humidity of like 92. My Funny, 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 funny. Yeah. So I want to backtrack a little yeah. bit um, from when we first got there, when we were with our friends up in upstate New York, mm -hmm. and really just touch on that. How was that mm -hmm. experience for you? Because, you know, we, we were three Jews and, <laughs> well, two Jews, a Jew Christian, and a Christian. Alone <laughs> Christ love. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So how was that experience for you? It was incredible. Incredible. It was being with Hannah and Greg is always a reminder that when there is a sense of relatedness and then when there's a sense of connection between people, it doesn't matter the kind of different beliefs that we can share. If that sense of relatedness is there and that sense of connection is there, we can literally be on complete opposite spectrums of, uh, let's say, in this, in this conversation of faith, and we can still be in a place of agreement within that. So, for example, Greg and I took a three and a half hour drive from Mendham, which is where their home is at, to um, upstate New York. That was two and a half hours of her, him and I talking. There was not one minute where there was music playing because him and I were talking the whole time. I could only imagine. This, this is the kind of relationship him and I have because we're very open about our faith. I mean, the man is a full-blown and uh, practicing a Jew. So it was incredible to be able to explore the idea of Jesus, the idea of faith. We spoke about family. We spoke about nuclear family. We spoke about confusion within the world of today. We spoke about the way in which all the different ideologies without a firm foundation can lead to this soup of just not necessarily good soup. Being with them is a really cool example of, again, I'll say it one more time, that sense of connection that can still exist within people that are not in the same, um, I guess, belief belief system. Yes. Now, that being said, the only thing that we differ in is in our faith. And I wouldn't even say that. I say the faith that we hold is very similar. It's different, different names, different labels in which they both stand. We have very similar lifestyles. We have very similar life goals. We have very similar values. So it was a great experience to be around a group of people that are also doing big things. I mean, Greg is literally running a massive organization in Jersey City. 
and building a massive uh, community within the Jewish community in Jersey City. So this man, literally, the morning that we that we got picked up by Hannah, his wife, he was hosting a breakfast, and the ex-governor of Jersey was there, and they were having a meet and greet with a bunch of business owners in the area. So like, great reminder, again, our environment. Who's around us? What are they doing? Because it's going to portray, are we also, and this is for me, my lesson, am I also putting myself out there and actually doing what I can, or am I just relaxing, chilling out, and allowing whatever to come around? Yeah. For me, it was such a beautiful reminder of how important it is to have just people who you really vibe with in your friend group and have intimate time with one another. And yeah, that was probably my biggest takeaway is just surround yourself with people who really can nourish you and be there for you and not tell you what to do, but just be a space, right? create together. And this is this is one of the key tenets, and I think this is why we connect so well with them, the Jewish faith. They're they're very much about not telling other people what to do, to the extent that the Jewish faith isn't necessarily um, like ministered. They're not going out there trying to convert people into Judaism. It's a personal relationship. So we see these two human beings that are literally there to hold space. It was super cool to at one point in time, don't remember what day, but it was midday, and it was all of us four. We were all outside in different seats, different chairs, obviously, far away from one another, all reading our books. And it was the first time in my adult life taking a trip with friends where we were all just reading and enjoying the sun, basking in the sun and having great just alone space as a collective. And then Greg would chime in here and there. He's reading a book about the Renaissance, 715-page book about the Renaissance. <laughs> you got a, a, a taste of as to who Greg is. And he will chime in showing this crazy fact okay, back into our books, which was awesome. Again, that nourishment you're speaking to and not having to break the silence, but to be okay in the silence. Yeah. And then from there, we took a... Hold on, time out, time out. Let's talk about uh, Shabbat. Oh, okay. Yeah, Shabbat. What do you want to talk about? the, um, The commitment to the faith. So we were there on Friday. We were there from Thursday to Sunday. And as for anybody that doesn't know, Judaism, Friday to Saturday, they practice Shabbat, which means after sundown, there is no use of technology. There's no work. There's really just recharge. It's the day of rest, according to the scripture. So it started Friday afternoon, sundown is about eight o'clock. And it was beautiful because this is something that they practice regularly. This is something we wanted to practice. However, haven't really taken the initiative to do so, to take a time, to take a full 24 hours of rest where we don't do anything work-related. Even like thinking about that's like, oh, but what happens if I don't do this in time for the week, then I'm going to have to do it on Sunday. It's like, well, yeah, if you're going to practice that and actually commit to it, because these two individuals, beautiful human beings, do so. And we opened up with prayer. Hannah made her own challah bread, which was awesome. Again, the idea of creating and being able to nourish the family to create the sense of nurturing. And then for us to partake in this beautiful faith practice, which has been around for thousands of years, and to really have a foundation of the sacredness of it. There was music playing in the background, nothing too crazy, but it was no phones. It was conversation. It opened up in prayer, and from there, just conversation on suit, which again, for, for me, is a really cool reminder of how much I would love to take on a practice like that on an ongoing basis, because it just nourished. That was nourished to my soul, for sure. Anything for your else around the Shabbat that stood out? No, I mean, I just love it. I mean, when I went to Israel, I thought it was the most beautiful experience to witness so many people taking part of 
resting. Mm-hmm. And like, I've never been to a park in my adult life where I just saw hundreds of adults like playing, <laughs> having picnics, doing the slack line, playing frisbee, kicking a soccer ball around. And it was in that moment where I was like, wow, like this is, this is what I believe God intended us to do. It's like we can get so caught up in our day-to-day, our busy work life, especially in America. Yeah, America, it's like we pride ourselves off of being busy and constantly doing and working and progressing in life. And, you know, according to scripture, God created the seventh day for rest. Mm. So it makes sense to honor that and to do the things that let you up as a child and to just be like you were saying, like we were all reading, hanging out. We took a nap. Like it was wonderful. <laughs> and yeah, it's something that I remember when we first moved here, how I mentioned how I wanted to take a day of rest on because Sebastian was always like, go, go, go every weekend. And um, I feel like we've been doing a good job at it, but I, I could see where we could take it to the next level. No doubt. And we kind of have been. We've been, sure. um, I mean, the most nurturing and um i'll just say nourishing days that we've had lately i've just been like hanging out home we've been fasting watching scripture watching um service service and it's been it's been good no doubt so yeah i definitely can foresee us taking that on in the future very cool very cool you're gonna say we took a trip somewhere else yeah so after that trip we took a two and a half no it was like four hour train ride to um Penn Station and then to Bradley Beach. And then that's when we started our trip in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, And we saw, I believe, I remember I was like counting in my sleep how many people we've seen. I'm pretty sure it was like around like 16 people we saw in the two weeks. Um, And so what was a conversation that really stuck out to you? I know that there were so many. um, But if you were to have one conversation, you don't need to name any names, but what would that have been? Um, that's a really big question because I have two that stand out, but I'll share the one that is, I guess right now sticking the most. And it's, we were sharing dinner with a friend and we're talking about how we, me as through the conversation, starting to realize how much of what I do is in a sense to save others or in a sense to support others. However, it may not necessarily be up to me to support them in that standpoint. The conversation was around we, me. Again, I, I'm not, I'm not going to generalize. I want to speak for myself. I step into situations at times to provide service to another human being. However, maybe just maybe that person is going through that journey so that they can actually grow from their own initiative, from their own action, from their own problem solving, instead of me jumping into the picture and supporting. From there, it, it's it's a bit conflict, confronting for me. It conflicts with my 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 faith because part of the Christian faith is to go out there and serve for others. However, it doesn't, it's not exclusive because what's opening up for me as I'm continuing to reflect on this and to grow on that conversation is if the person seeks for help, lend it. But don't be so quick to lend a hand where that person may not necessarily be looking for it. And then from there, I may actually be enabling the other person instead of actually supporting them. And from that conversation, it opened, it showed itself in multiple areas where I've been the one reaching out to people to support them. And it's not, it's not like they never ask for it. They're putting things up where it's like you're indirectly asking for support, but you're not asking me directly. 
So instead of me being the one to jump in and support them because I should, then what if I were to just allow that person to be where they're at and actually just, if they seek my help, okay, sure, I'll jump on. But it's not required of me to ask for, can I support you? Yeah. This was, that was probably one of the biggest takeaways that I've had because especially being around people that you love, you're always wanting to be like, hey, I've been down that road or hey, I'm pretty sure I know that outcome. So like, don't go down that road and you offer different suggestions or things that would genuinely help them. But then they don't typically take action on it and then you end up being like upset about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, I just put myself in this, right? Like I usually do that. Um, and so, yeah, it was opening. It was very eye opening for me to be like, oh, that's their journey. It was just that reminder of like every soul has a journey. Like we're only here for a certain amount of time. And yeah, we can be a support to one another. But are we actually interfering mm. with what that soul needs to go through? Mm. And by the by the at the end of the day, no one will ever know. <laughs> Right, we will never know that. However, the soul's journey always knows it. So even if you do interfere with it, like it will go back on its path on where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But then it just saves you the energy and the time to be like, oh, like take take the breaks. Yeah. Like don't for I said this um, with our Awakening Bodies crew of like. I'm not going to force feed people. Mm-hmm. Like so many times, I'm just like, here, eat this. I know it's going to be good. Eat. It. But instead of being like, here this is, do you want it? Okay, if you don't want it, that's fine. Yeah. We're like, just even saying, hey, I have this healthy option. Let me know if you want it. Mm. Which is for, again, for me, a new place to be in, and maybe people can relate, where we, we know something that can support the other person. And I can see the intent. The intent is of support. The intent of, is of love. The intent is to be of service. However, maybe the execution of that intent may not be the most beneficial to both people that are taking the action on. And it's the realization that, to your point, just, hey, it's here, I'm here, but it's on you. The idea of we can't make a horse drink water, we can only lead him to the river, like this is for me, in that conversation showed itself. Because it was a big realization of, ah, here I am, I'm trying to play savior. And in this archetype of savior, then there's always going to be somewhere to save. And in that, it's not even about service because it's about me being the savior. So deep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, really excited to have that person on the podcast soon. Oh, yeah. It was, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think some people will get a lot of value from it. So what was one of your best moments? Like, do you have a moment that has, like, really stuck out to you during this trip? Yeah, beating him in ping pong twice. Oh, get out of here. Oh, my God. <laughs> I beat Lauren twice in, okay, it's not fair. I beat Lauren twice playing ping pong. And yes, that is a highlight of my entire ping pong with Lauren and feeding me. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's actually, I forgot that we even played it. I didn't. Not clearly. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, Sebastian's like one out of, I don't know, 40. No way. No way. You're definitely over exaggerating. I don't know. I whooped Sebastian's ass in ping pong here at our complex in Florida. So he has these two under his belt. Yes. And just by, for the record, I have also beat her in Florida. But Lauren does high, has won the majority of games here. But for serious, <laughs> that's a highlight. Uh, a highlight moment for me was sharing dinner with my mom on the last day. That was a really nourishing experience for me. 
this was a really, um, I just want to say a peaceful journey for me to be with my mom. Because for those that don't know, my father passed away two and a half years ago. Um, and he was, him, him, him and my mom were married for 25 years. So it's been a big life transformation for both her, myself, and even you. To be with her and sharing dinner with her and to see her transformation, the self-expression, to see her freedom, to see her peace of mind, to see her power um, was really, really insightful because here is somebody that, and we've had conversations about this before, here's somebody that years, maybe three to four years ago, she's acknowledged that who she is today is completely different than who she used to be. And to the extent that, I don't think she'll be upset if I share this, to the extent that she never had a therapist and now she's like, everybody should have a therapist. She's like, I'm having these amazing conversations with her and it's so freeing. And to have her share that is a completely new human being. For us to be able to communicate, uh, there is that respect from mom to son, from stepmom to uh, daughter-in-law. Oh, next to me. Um, no, she's your mother-in-law to daughter-in-law. While there's still that chemistry, there's also the friendship dynamic as well. Yeah. There's a sense of, in the past, I felt very constricted where now I feel real free. And part of that has absolutely been on me, but I also see how for her, there's a sense of release. And sharing dinner with her on that Friday night was great to be able to connect with her deeply, to be able to get into her world, for her to understand us more, um, and just for us to share that that one-on-one time. Yeah, it really is beautiful being with your mom and seeing the growth that she's taken Mm-hmm. Very courageous, so inspiring. Yeah, just making some big moves. Yeah. How about for you? What's been a, a highlight moment? Highlight. Oof. Um, I would say activating my inner child while I mean, I'm boogie boarding. <laughs> that was yeah. a lot of fun. My parents were there, and the ocean was like so cool and chilly. It was a beautiful day. The waves were great. And I haven't been on a boogie board. I used to boogie board all the time when I was younger. Like, yeah, I I loved it. Um, and so to be back out there and to be with you, I can't believe that was the first time we ever done that together. Um, so to be out there and also like to be swimming out with my dad too, like that was just really nice. It was a beautiful moment to be with my family. Yeah, that was really cool to share space with your family while we had close quarters in that house it was really cool to also get to see them continuously connect with them continuously have conversations on the deck between or the porch excuse me between going to a coffee shop or coming back from the beach or between them coming home from work and to share that 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 community aspect of where they're at where we're at and having that sense of connection was really uh, special for me as well yeah and another big thing was when we had um it was my aunt and my uncle's birthday yeah. And we got to be with my entire family and I have a pretty big family and it was just really nice to be with everyone again and with all the laughs and I feel like I really got to deepen my relationship with my cousins and it's really just cool to continue to be close with them with some of them as I continue to grow up to have that just knit family feeling um, and just to see us how we're all maturing and like my cousin she's I think she's 14 now and I used to babysit her. So it's always just nice to be with family and to see the growth and just who they're becoming along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. As you were sharing, um, something popped up that was really um, a big moment for me. And that was when 
we released our podcast of talking about our relationship oh yeah challenges that we went through and for those who tuned into that episode and have given feedback just thank you so much because it was a really challenging it actually really wasn't challenging talking about it it was more so after the fact where i thought like oh wow like this is going live i know people are going to listen to it i know family is going to listen to it what are they going to think of me like all these thoughts begin mm. to come up in my experience. In fact, one morning, I think it was actually the morning that it got released. I like woke up at five in the morning and it was like the first thing on my mind of like, why did you do that? <laughs> and I know at the end of the day, it was for a purpose. And I know that my mess has definitely become my message. And I stand firm by that. But it's funny how the mind and the ego can trick you into thinking like, oh no, like this is going to be terrible. What about your reputation? Cares. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really had to move through that with my family, and something you know triggered me specifically was when like my dad came home from work and he like told Sebastian he was like, hey, listening to the beginning part of your podcast, and I was like, oh no, here we go. And I know you're probably listening to this one too, but it was just. It was a moment of like guilt and shame. But again, it's like, this is my truth. This is my experience. I'm not going to hinder it because of anyone. Um, And it was also healing to have a conversation with your mom as well, where um, she brought it up. And also with our other friends that we saw and how relatable it was to her experience. And um, it was a big moment for me to just work through those experiences and those feelings and a whole nother wave of healing that Mm. happened through that yeah there's so much power in in i'll say this there's so much power in being able to be open about situation that it releases all of that pus that's in the wound you put it that way exactly that's exactly the reaction i want people to get like gross because that's what happens. And I'm so grateful that we had that conversation. We had it in a place where we used to hang out a lot. So it was like a really cool completing of uh, circle of closing, being at that spot, recording the conversation where we just were just open. We were candid. There was no filter. There was just an open conversation. And it shows that ultimately as humans, we want that. We all want to have that level of connection with one another. We all want to understand that, all oh, of this person isn't actually perfect. They don't have it all Put together yeah if you ever think someone does they don't <laughs> or they're really good at pretending yeah. and in that it's going to be the easiest thing for them to actually have a really um life-changing experience eventually so it's it's it, it's cool to see that people will find that sense of of connection in our vulnerability and for me it's been a big lesson in the ongoing years how many times i'll, I'll share this because it relates when i used to be within beyond marketing client facing calls the amount of times that we were having a dicey conversation and vulnerability would immediately diffuse the situation and it would bring a sense of connection where maybe there was a sense of um, of opposition. And to see people reaching out to you, to hear people saying, wow, that's actually deep and insightful. Our, our friend Zach, I was just speaking to, said the same exact thing. Your last episode was great. And it's people connect with that. We're not perfect. As he has, we're not here to be perfect. We're here to progress. I think that's where it really comes down to. And I know we're going to have a part two. And yes. people are like, when is the part two coming out? We're going to have it. But just to kind of close this conversation out on this, this. topic. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think that's why those thoughts come up, the guilt and the shame and what are they going to think, right? Because it just stems from trying to be perfect, yeah, trying to hold a certain image. And I mean, for so long, that's what I was trying to do, especially in our relationship where I was hiding things. Like I was pretending for so long. And even with the friend group that I had, I remember I reached out to some of them and I apologized because I realized that I was pretending to be someone who I actually wasn't, but I didn't realize it at that time. So, yeah. We typically don't, unless we, again, are willing to step into that sense of full ownership and responsibility, Mm -hmm. which is why we're so keen on that. It's like a key thing we always talk about, full responsibility. Yeah, yeah. So needless to say, New Jersey held a lot of just moments, some beautiful moments. I think traveling is so important to do because you take yourself out of your day-to-day experience and you're able to see life in a new lens. Like we are creatures by habit, mm-hmm. right? It's like, and there's, there's reasons for that and there's benefit being habitual creatures. However, sometimes you're, when you take yourself out of it, you're able to see like the different areas where you can actually grow and Maybe the areas that aren't serving you are areas that could serve you. And so I think it's really important that even if you could do it a staycation, you know, but you just switch up your routine, get out of your typical routine so you can just see life in a different lens. No doubt. No doubt. Which, again, as humans is really, we don't want to experience that. And that's what makes vacation so fun because you're breaking out of those patterns. Like that's what makes them so different. We don't have to go on a vacation to break those patterns. And this is coming from somebody that for a long time, habits ruled my day to day. And they still do. However, they don't rule me. I now choose them. And as I say that, it's to make it distinct and clear that there's times when I don't want to do my regular pattern, my regular habits, my daily routine that I normally do. And in those moments where in the past I would have made myself wrong about it, say, cool, I'm not going to do this today. And there's no no shame. There's no guilt. No, it's this realization that I am a human, I get to choose, and regardless of what I will or won't do, I can be in peace about it, as long as I choose it. There's a common theme that the trip really, for me, was like an undertone, and it showed up within your family, my family, and friends, and it's this, and the dinner that we had at one point, the realization that we as a species, we're all yearning for a deeper connection to something bigger than ourselves. There is a deeper seeking that is happening at a, at a, at a consciousness level, at a deeper um, societal level. Our friends, someone that would have never uh, talked about God is now exploring the Bible, something that is completely new for them. And that's huge because it showed me, and that's just one example. There were other people as well that were exploring. We had a dinner the following morning. We had a message saying that was the most spiritually nurturing conversation I've had in a long time. I didn't even know I didn't have that. And to understand that this, 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 this conversation that for us rules our life, which is God, for some people that are just exploring it, they are seeking and they may not know that yet. So for anybody listening that is in a place of exploring some sort of deeper connection, keep seeking that. There's nothing to be ashamed about. There's people that we communicated that felt a sense of shame about it. And as we started to talk about it, they opened up about it, that they actually wanted more. So if you feel like that's you, that's okay. Keep seeking, keep asking, keep looking for people that you could dive deeper into conversation with. Because yes, there is um there is a force that runs this world that we're living in. 
and it's a big one, it's a powerful one. To deny it, it's it's a conversation to be in in, in inquire about, to be in a place of exploration with. So really grateful for that. I'm excited to get back to Jersey. I'm excited to see what happens next in our in our in our life uh, as a as a married couple. It was the first time in my experience that I'd say yes, I could see myself building a family here in Jersey, and I'm intrigued to see how that unfolds. Anything else you want to say before you head out? No, I think it was a beautiful experience, and for those who are still listening, thank you. Yes, thank yep. you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe to stay updated on future episodes. And we would love to know how you enjoyed today's episode by leaving us a review. We look forward to continuing this journey of self-discovery and connection with you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Much love.